0: Am I gonna do? Does anybody want to play Steve, or do you want uh, <laughs> do you want me to try to do it? I could try and fail. I could try.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna just do this. for Give me like thirty seconds.
2: Let me try to get my best announcer voice on. Okay, welcome everyone to the Robert John of the Rec Podcast. Oh shit. Okay, what comes after that?
0: We are five piece rock and roll oh, we're, band. We're,
2: okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me try it again. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Robert John the Wreck podcast. We're a five-piece rock and roll band who travels the world, uh, eating local food,
1: drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Andrew. I'm Warren. I'm Henry, and I was about to do it. <laughs> well, you didn't. You're eating. I was food. about to do it right.
2: You're like I was about to do it, but my mouth's full of nuts or whatever is in your mouth.
0: What are you eating? Just so we know, pistachios.
2: See, wow. I wasn't wrong. Nailed I wasn't saying that as like a dig or anything. That's what you're constantly eating.
0: You're right. Quite, quite literally.
2: <laughs> that's, that's true. Henry
1: and his net sacks. They're a good source, of, uh, good source of protein and fat and energy.
0: There you go. Is that actually, your breakfast?
1: No, I had a, well, it's kind of like a, <laughs> I don't really eat breakfast. I just kind of yeah. like eat snacks until I actually get hungry. Which is soon after you wake up. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't get hungry when I wake up. Like, I, like yeah. I'm hungry, but I don't like eating.
0: Yeah, I, look, I don't I look, think I've been... I've been doing small things in the morning like that, too. And I'll do, like, like, a banana,
1: maybe, like, some fruit, avocado toast, maybe. Like, I, I have to eat super light
0: when I wake up. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's great. As you guys can tell, there are only three of us today. It's only Henry, Andrew, and myself um robert and steve are unavailable so we're just going to charge on without them because we have over half the band here so you know three out of five is better than two out of five so here we are (laughs) the power oh yeah yeah baby well warren how's your weekend how was my weekend? What, what did we do this weekend? Um, my weekend was good. Well, I guess I don't. I won't bore you with the monotony of my weekend. But no, you know, no, no. Yes, come on. Oh, I want to know all the Home Depot <laughs> trips and all the, all the Home Depot trips. I did do one Home Depot trip. I got new gloves. See? That See? was nice. It's very what happens nice. when you
2: turn thirty. Just every weekend, there's <laughs> something.
0: Thirty-two. Oh, you get sorry. old. But anyway, um. You know what? Yesterday was the one-year anniversary that my home was invaded by a burglar in the middle of the night, um, which is, I guess, not a big milestone, but it was a pretty crazy thing, and I feel like, although it was a very negative thing that had happened, everybody is safe, and a lot of positive things have come out of being broken into. So it's interesting to see what my life was about a year ago, versus where it it is today, and um, again, I'm glad I'm safe, and I think I'm in a better spot than I was back then, so even though it was a bad situation, it put me into a better place, so hopefully, whoever broke into my house is also in a better place and not breaking into other people's houses, but um, yeah, that happened one year ago, and I'm sure we probably had a podcast about it, so if you go back to last year's podcast during that week. I bet I talked about it firsthand when it happened. And um, yeah, I don't know. I got to say it, it did. I I am very sensitive to like locked doors and noises and people outside of my house now that I didn't think I would be uh, like affected by, but I feel like I'm like the, uh, the neighborhood watch. I'm always peering out the windows and shit, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's. I'm glad that I'm safe, and I love where I live now. And onward and upward. So, that wasn't really my weekend, but that was something significant that happened to me. Um, what about you, Henry? How was your week? And um, it life? was good.
1: Uh, I um, did. I felt like I did a lot of jamming um, and working on music and stuff, um, just in like rehearsal spaces and things like that um, with both us and King tree and other friends of mine. And then also just spent time with like friends and, um, kind of hanging out and like kind of chilling a little bit and, um, sort of enjoying the time off while we have it, uh, in a different way. And, um, yeah, it was good. Um, I was down in Laguna on Friday and saw, Andrew Cordini at Hennessy's down there with uh, our buddy Ben Wagner and fun weekend. I had a really great time. Um, It was very, very memorable and nice and very pleasant and uh, it was a good time. How about you, Andrew?
2: I went to hang out with some old friends I had in a high school this weekend. I see them like less and less because they're the ones who sort of have families and like, uh, you know, have kids and stuff like that. And so uh, I went over there and saw my old roommate, Steven, who's super cool. He's also super into music. And I just realized that the party I used to go to when I was 16 just has not changed at their house. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all those like house parties you used to go to back in the day. And all we used to do is put on like dumb, like Bon Jovi or something and sing at the top of our lungs. And now (laughs) the only difference is like now it's his house. And now we just watch YouTube and sing different songs. He's telling me how his son's like two favorite bands are, uh, whatever, something that's popular right now, but then like In Sync Bye 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 is his second favorite song because he's heard his dad sing it karaoke so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they're all doing good, and um, uh, he actually uh works for a company called Eastman Guitar, so we always see them at NAMM and stuff like that, and Eastman makes really cool stuff, and they've been, you know, they've given us uh, some stuff over the years, so shout out to Eastman if you've never tried one. I feel like uh, I see more of them in Europe than I do in uh, uh, in the States. I feel like, you know, Gibson and uh, Gibson and Fender have a stranglehold on stuff in the States, and uh, I saw a couple people with Eastman in Europe, and they're sort of hard to get. Um, one of our friends had a couple, but they sound great. They beat like, uh, this is going to be sacrilege for any guitar people out there, but they beat Taylor and Martin in blind listen tests. And, uh, they're, yeah, they're really quality instruments and the factories that they ship out of is in California. And yeah, it's a super cool company. I like Eastman. So, um, Same. yeah, I hung out with them. Uh, I went to do a food tasting for my wedding stuff because that always has to be fit in. Uh, We're doing barbecue food, and I didn't know what to expect, but they gave us, like, a full plate of stuff. It was like going to a restaurant and getting, like, a full, you know, like, whatever, $40 dinner. So that was bomb. And then uh, we also rehearsed this weekend for the cruise, and I'm excited. I I think all the stuff we did, we haven't uh, been gigging as much, because Robert just had his baby, and then um, we've been trying to, you know – savor our time back home before we do you know the whole rest of the year we're going to be on tour basically so um but we hadn't run through some of those cover songs that we do sometimes in a long time and they sound like great the band always gets better and so when we come back to these cover songs it's like oh my god this feels so good and easy because it feels so familiar and uh Everyone's just better at it because we've gotten better at everything. So it was really fun to play through some of those covers. And I'm really excited for anyone who's going on that cruise. Like, we don't do covers because we know we're too good at them, to when we do them, people will just ask us to do the covers. (laughs) So I'm excited to have this opportunity to like do the jam and then just like destroy some of these songs that I know we just like kill, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody. Listening at a later moment, um, we are doing a Robert John and the Wreck revival jam on the cruise this year for the Joe Bonamassas Keeping the Blues Alive at Sea Cruise. So we kind of get to be the backing band for some fun guests that we're going to have up. Um, and this is kind of the first time we've actually. Said anything about it? We're we're good to announce it whenever we wanted, but you heard it here on the first pot on the podcast. Oh shoot! Um,
2: yeah, I didn't know. I was like, so was I supposed to keep that a secret?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's it's not a secret. It's not a secret. But uh, it's like the first time we've talked about it. And again, it's something that we look forward to. Um, if anybody's been on the cruise, I know I see Steve in the chat here. Um, you guys know how awesome the cruise is, and we've mentioned that pretty much almost every city we've played in since the cruise, we've had one person out there that saw us on the boat. Um, so it's really cool to see people all over the country, all over the world, because we see people in different countries that have, you know, the cruise shirts and all that sort of stuff. So we're very excited to get back and jam with new people and meet new friends and go to Jamaica and do all that. Hello from Chester.
2: I think something we can announce too, hopefully fingers crossed that everything happens perfectly, but Steve, Found out last minute that he cannot make the cruise, which is very sad. We're going to miss Steve, uh, you know, and it's his loss because the cruise would probably be, you know, <laughs> more fun. He's doing some more dates with Toto, which is sort of to be expected. They they hopped on a couple more shows with Journey, um, and so. Uh, it sucked for us for about two seconds until we found out we we're gonna get Todd from Rival Sons to fill in for him. who's also been on this podcast, and this is a very old friend of ours and super cool and we're really excited for Todd to be joining us on the cruise so uh yeah, and that guy is so fun to be around if there's gonna be a guy on the boat hanging out that you get to just talk to, he is just the nicest like coolest, funnest guy to hang out with so. On the boat, if you're on the boat, say hi to Todd. You can't miss him. Um, his beard's a mile wide. So, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to
2: have Todd. And, uh, yeah, we think it's going to be just as good, if not, you know, a whole different experience because, uh, you know, Steve's is on Beast and so is Todd. So, it's, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. We're going to be playing new really? songs. New unreleased new songs. songs. Probably the first time anyone hears them is going to be on the boat. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of new Robert, John, the Wreck kind of stuff going on this cruise that I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, we're definitely – I think that's that's definitely the first place we will play those new songs will be on the cruise, which is also something cool. And, and we will have, like always, we will have a signature cruise shirt that um, is unique to the Jamaica cruise in February. Um, if you've been on other cruises, you probably know that we – have made unique shirts for all of our cruise um, appearances. So it's nice to add a third one. And if you're a collector, collect it, take a picture, tag us in it. We'll repost it. This new one that's coming out is super cool. Um, probably one of my favorites that we've done for the cruise. So we always like doing cool shit on the cruise. And this year is no exception. We're going to continue to do cool shit on the cruise. Yeah. And you know, yeah.
2: Oh you sorry, go oh, shit. Cool. I totally fucked it up. I needed to add one thing before we move on though. <laughs> add, it, uh, add it. Throw it in. Episode there. seventy-eight, which we'll link in the show notes, is the one that Warren talks about uh what happened last year. So if you guys want to check it out and his like first hand experience with getting some stuff still uh Kara Hess is also on it, she's like a longtime friend of ours from uh, uh the Pacific Northwest from Seattle. So uh she's awesome, her music's awesome. I couldn't find it because I was assuming we'd use the normal word break in that everyone uses when we talk about that. But Steve used the word burgle in his description. So <laughs> I, had to, uh, I had to take a little more time to find it, but i
1: uh, burgle.
2: I like episode that. 78 and you know, what goes well with burgling
1: <laughs> music. Oh. <Perfect.
3: laughs> oh,
2: yeah. music
1: goes well with pretty much everything. Um, today is today is February 8th um and it so happens that uh let's see if if my math is correct here 45 years ago on this day uh the album marquee moon by the band television was released on electra records television was a prominent act in the New York music scene at the time. They came up alongside the Ramones, Blondie, uh, Talking Heads, um, that sort of scene of people. They were made famous by the kind of, I guess, technical sort of unconventional guitar work of Richard Lloyd and Tom Blaine. And this record was uh, engineered by Andy Johns, um, famously related to Glenn Johns. And uh, there's all kinds of really interesting um, rock and jazz-inspired guitar parts, counter melodies. Um, it's it's super unconventional for like normal rock guitar playing. It's very melodic, um, but I come back to this album from time to time just to kind of I don't know. Here's something a little different um, that still has to do with great guitar playing. Um, and there's a lot of really really cool parts on this. Uh, this is kind of like a big strong influence for new wave and indie rock movements. Um, It's kind of considered a cornerstone album for that sort of thing. Um, And I just think it's a really great album and especially a really underrated guitar record. Um, You don't hear a lot of people talking about television, I feel like when they're talking about um, great guitar players. And I think these guys are honestly super underrated. Um, There's some really, really cool stuff in this record, um, particularly with the title track. Which I'm not going to play because it's 11 minutes long, but um, I'm <laughs> going to play uh, another song from this record. Um, it's the first song on the album that kicks off the record, and it is a much more manageable at around, somewhere around four minutes. Um, anyways, the song is called See No Evil. It's by the band Television, which is celebrating the 45th anniversary of their seminal album, Marquee Moon. Hope you guys enjoy Thank you.
0: Awesome, I feel yeah. like tele- I feel like for me, Television is a band that I've heard about a lot, and that have influenced a lot of bands that I really enjoy, but I've never actually dug into their own catalog before. Um, yeah, that's uh, and that's like it. their
1: it's like their signature record. Um, I was kind of encouraged to check that record out. Oh, uh, I think it was like in high school. Um, and it was definitely not what I expected. Um, and it's super unconventional um, in a lot of ways. It's, like, totally different. But, uh, but man, there's some really, really cool stuff happening in it. And you can hear kind of the lineage of sort of where, you know, alternative indie rock, that sort of thing came from in a way, um, from that era specifically of music. Because um, it started to kind of deviate from the, you know, heavy blues more bluesy heavy bombastic stuff from the early mid 70s um and kind of branch off into its own you know the new wave thing
0: yeah totally and like even like punk rock ish Mm -hmm. there's like you can tell that i don't know or even like like the first band that i i think of that sounds like they were influenced by them would be like the pixies or somebody right right that kind of have like that yeah i don't know New agey, yeah, kind of very melodic funky. guitar playing. Yeah. Parts.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the weirdest part about this song. It sounded like a, it could be a talking head song until it got right. to the guitar solo. And then it was like, oh, this is like, uh, could be mixed with the Allman Brothers or something like right, that. Right. You know, yeah. it's like a weird in between of like those two kind of sounds. Like it's still, mm-hmm. oh, like that could be a guitar solo from the 70s, even though this really sounds like a song from the 80s. Right. Yeah, like what Warren's saying. It sounds like whatever uh, replacements or like it, yeah, mm-hmm. anything in that like mm-hmm. sort of a uh, like half punk rock, half something else sort of world. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I've never yeah. really, uh, I've never heard of that band
1: Television. Yeah, yeah, they're they're um, they're cool. I I am pretty much only familiar with that record, to be honest. Um, but I've been informed that it's sort of like I said, like their signature kind of influential record. Um, and there's just a lot, lot in that record. There's a lot of parts and things like that. Um, and it's, uh, it's it's super interesting. I, I, like I said, I, I like going back to it and, um, checking it out when I, when it sort of, uh, occurs to me rather. Um, I think it's super interesting, different, super melodic, um, and just a fun listen really. Um, and if you like that, there's uh, plenty more in the Henry's History Lesson on Spotify um, from every episode we have ever done so far.
0: It's a lot of music.
1: It's a lot of music.
2: All right. I got my, my three-point topic here. I think this okay. is going to be a good one. And it's just interesting to me because uh, we've had to – because Steve's a crazy Toto schedule – He's basically like half on, half off this year. And that's really new for us. We've like, you know, played every show with Steve 90% of the time for the past 10 years. So like, you know, this isn't um, something normal for us to just like, oh, well, Robert's the main guy. And then everyone else is sort of like, you know, you just swap in chairs as you need to. That's this band is like a band band. So if anyone needs to sub something out, it's like usually really rare or we just say no to it or. But this is such a new, like, crazy circumstance. And Steve, whatever, we're at 10 years of the band right now. So um, we're trying to do everything to make this work. But it's exciting in a way because we get to um, play with new people, which is something that never happens. You know, you have this set, like, dialed in, and you just have this person, like, there, and you just already know half of what they're going to do. And that's almost makes you feel safe in a way cuz you're like oh i know that he's going to kill this part or this part's going to be like this or if we have to fix something like we can do it over a bunch of shows so it's not going to be as like you know um like crazy oh can you just do this cuz usually he's going to play it about the same every time and so when you get a new person in there and this happened to us last year when we were in Chicago um we played with a keyboard player uh Chris what was Chris's last name again Chris groves. Uh, chris groves Anyways, groves. chris groves uh a very great keyboard player he was a uh, eddie money's keyboard player and amazing and it was just such a different experience uh in a lot of ways and that's not to say uh he was better or worse than anyone or better or worse than steve it, they're just so different that you can't even compare them to each other playing the exact yeah. same song you know it's such a trip you know Going like, oh, like how crazy different this is. So this is going to be a multi-pronged question. And we'll start it out this way to get the ego out of it. Because this is what I'm thinking about. I don't want anyone to go like, well, you're good, but I'd love you to be Eddie Van Halen or something like that. you know (laughs) So I think the best way to start this off is if you had to get a sub for yourself and you thought it would be the best person for that uh, slot. And not people we know, like famous people, or people that people would have heard of, right? Uh, Who do you think the best person to take your slot would be? And they can already be in a band. They don't have to be free agents or whatever. And I'm going to start by saying uh, I really like uh, Abe Laboreal Jr., who's Paul McCartney's drummer. Every time he plays or I watch him do something, it's just like he's playing everything in slow motion, but everything sounds perfect. And I know, I don't know how he does it or he, it just, everything sounds like if you watch him play, it doesn't sound, it, he looks like he's doing everything really slowly. And I don't know, you know um, what that is about him, but everything just comes out sounding perfect on the back. End of it. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of magic you're using here. And every time you think he's going to hit a beat, but it'll like, you know, looking at his arm, it feels like it's going to sound late or something, but it just like grooves really hard. And I think he does the rock and roll thing really well and still has like a really big sound, even though he could do a lot of different stuff. And I think he could play a lot if he needs to. And I think he'd be an amazing sub <laughs> that we couldn't afford. And <laughs> I think his retainer with Paul McCartney is something like a million dollars a year or something like that. But uh, I think nice. Abel Boyle Jr. And uh, if if you, you'd recognize him, he's like a bald guy with a goatee. He's like a, a bigger uh, dude. He's son of uh, Abe Laborial, who's a really famous bass player uh, in the uh-huh. 60s and 70s, who's also his own monster, if you want to look up Abe Laborial. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Abe Jr. is my pick for who would be my sub if money was no object.
0: Dang, money is no object. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Okay, I, I guess I can go next. Um, and there's there's the person that I would pick, I think. Money's no object. I would probably pick O'Teele Burbridge.
3: Ooh, and, interesting.
0: And the thing that I really, really like about Oteal is that he is probably one of the gnarliest bass players on the face of the planet. His chops and his playing... And he plays a six string it is just insane. He has jazz chops. Him and his, his late brother Kofi are both absolute monsters. The thing that I really, really like about Oteil is that he is super tasty. And then when he played with like Tedeschi trucks band, he, he knew what his role was in that band. And he found his places that he could stick out and you could be like, that was really tasty. But for the most part, for somebody with his sort of skill set, he was sitting way far back in what he could be doing. And I really, really love watching players, no matter who they are, drummers, bassists, keyboards, guitar, whatever. I love seeing people who can totally shred to the nine, but they stay reserved and they play exactly for the song. And... um <clears throat> uh speaking of drummers i know tony royster has been posting a lot of his his footage of him playing with Katy perry uh in vegas she's doing some sort of residency and on his instagram he posts clips of him doing the gig and he just posted a clip about he was just playing an up in an eighth note up groove kind of like pad beat like a disco thing and he was talking about how It seems so simple, but especially in his sort of situation, there's dancers, there's things that are going off like based off of his timing. And it's cool to see somebody like Tony sit back in the pocket and just do a pocket groove when you know he could just easily shut over all that stuff. And uh, that's kind of the same thing I I think about Othiel, let alone I I just think that he fit in with that Tedeschi Trucks band very well. Um, But again, his skill set is so... Top notch. That it's like he's got to go out and do something else, and then that's why he plays with everybody on the face of the planet. So I don't know. I think that would be a fun one, um, just because he's a monster. And then the the more I think about it, it would be awesome to see him play with Abe Laboriel Jr. because that would be quite a we're
2: story. just putting together our like weird like dream team <laughs> band that's way better than us doing our song. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, Henry, who's the guitar player for this this project?
1: Um, I've, I had to, so I had to do anytime I get any question like this, my mind, like if I, like, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to think of like a million more people <laughs> to answer this question. Um, but, um, for the moment I would probably say just based on the type of stuff we do, like, uh, like I'm kind of thinking like Warren Haynes, cause we're talking about Nice. Ooh, mm-hmm. No being new object um that's that was something I thought of um and then i my kind of honorable mentions for this in a way is like like I can't help but think of like Scott Holliday might be cool too um why Warren hands? Well, like go into detail about your picks well well, just because uh like my, my model um i mean first of all, I sort of model my approach in this band in a way off of warren haynes in a way um and then also he he does kind of the same thing i do where he plays slide in both open and standard tunings he does you know improvisation does the jam thing um goes for that kind of bluesy approach um i've heard him play you know obviously kind of wrote the playbook for (laughs) sort of what i'm doing um in a lot of ways so it just seems like kind of a no-brainer there for me. Um and then I was also thinking about uh Josh Smith as well, which would be Ooh. like he's you know pretty ridiculous and, and can play like jazz and stuff like that. Um that that's kind of where my head's at with that sort of thing. I think mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. And then obviously, you know, seeing any one of those three guys play with <laughs> O'Teal and Hipalborio <laughs> Yeah, it's like who's our dream? Pretty team, fucking man. ridiculous. Yeah, it'd be so ridiculous.
0: And the funny well, thing they're is, they're all
2: the, stepping at the same time. <laughs>
0: no, I I bet there's probably been one time where they've maybe been on stage together. They're kind of in the same camps. So I think I feel like you, I've, Warren and O'Teal have definitely played together because they obviously did the Almond Brothers thing. But I don't know. Maybe actually Abe is probably a little bit more tough. Like you said, being on Retainer with that McCartney gig, you're like uh, you're pretty locked in. <laughs> okay. But. Do you guys want Uh, to go ahead and just pick people for Robert and Steve's spot, too, since they're not here, and we can just come up with a...
2: Well, that was the next question, which is, Uh. okay, now that we've gotten ourselves out of the way, then it's like, uh, if you were to pick something for someone else in the band, who would it be and why? I can go with my first one. I just thought of it because I thought you were going to go with someone else for the bass pick, Uh, Hmm. but I think... Again, money is no object. and These are just the best musicians in the world. It'd be crazy to see Pino play in this band. Uh, Because Pino also does the Who and stuff like that. And he's like, Pino's like an everything guy. So it's just, you know, he's just an unfair human. So
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he does. There's nothing he can't do. Yeah, so
2: just as a, oh, like, you know, uh, what would the Who's bass player sound like in this band or someone who's able to do those sorts of things? playing old friend, just the least use of his time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah but I think, you uh, know, does a lot of those things. I think the band plays a lot of stuff. So to see, you know, that person be a chameleon in all those sorts of situations would be super interesting. Uh, and yeah, he's just a,
1: a great all around player. Um, yeah. Let's see keys. We caught our first, I thought the podcast was supposed to start at
0: (laughs) Comet. Hey, Bruce. Bruce mentioned that the podcast, he said he thought it's supposed to start at noon. Quick public service announcement. We do Tuesdays. We shoot for noon. Sometimes we're a little bit over, but we try to shoot for noon. Tuesdays, during the day, noon Pacific Standard Time. Anyway keyboard players or you know something i would i would really love to have us play with or somebody i don't know like a, a percussion player like a percussion player's name but i would love to see us play with like a good percussion player um i know blackberry smoke recently added a percussion player to their um their roster and i know john mayer's doing that speaking of pino he's doing that He's got a tour where he's playing. A, he's got a percussion player playing with. Uh, yeah, Steve John Mayer has Lenny
2: Castro, who is uh, yeah. <laughs> Toto's percussionist for many years. Like in the Jeff Picaro era, it was Jeff Picaro and Lenny Castro. Lenny Castro is like one of the best percussionists on the planet in that pop world.
0: Yeah, I think that would be fun for uh, keyboard players. I, I love, and I brought this up the other day. I love Swatikins, Steve Watkins, who lives in L.A., He's played with uh, Alan Stone a bunch. He's in the scary pockets camp now. He is a killing, killing uh, organ player. But recently a lot of the stuff he's been doing, he's been doing like his talk box thing, which is crazy. And um, he's always at custom vintage vibe or what is it called? Custom vi- is it vintage vibe, the keyboard store in LA. They do uh, demos and stuff. And he's, I mean, he's just one of those guys that you can just put him on any sort of like a, a, a Rhodes or a, an organ or a piano. Or he even plays like melodicas and just like, you know, tiny little toy keyboards and shit like that. Um, and that would be super cool. Oh, hey, Steve. <laughs> yeah. There he is, Steve Majora. Steve, speaking of keyboards, Steve has been working on a Juno, I think it's the 80. He just put a picture up the other day, which is also another super awesome uh, historic of the Juno line of keyboards. Um, that would be a fun sound to see if that would ever incorporate into Robert, John and the Wreck, because I feel like we're such a uh, like B B3 piano sort of thing. It'd be interesting to hear something like a, a Juno on top of our music. I think Jupiter, uh, Jupiter sorry, Jupiter.
2: Uh, you you, you, yeah, you just have to sort of blend it right, but I feel like a lot of people have done that well, add synthesizers to sort of like a rock and roll sound where it doesn't sound weird. Henry? Yes. What do you got? For what? Henry's mind just draws a blank. I have a million for you that where I'm like, you know, I think it'd be cool to see Mike Campbell play in this band. Oh, yeah, totally. Could totally do it Ooh. in like a crazy awesome way. Yeah. Um, I think this it'd be cool to see him off Steve Jordan time. play in this band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just get Steve Jordan and Pino Palladino in this band and see how it right. sounds. <laughs> just take John Mayer's <laughs> band from the the 2000s. <laughs> yes. I think it'd yeah. be cool to see Steve Ferrone in this band. Like, There's a lot of guys ah, was like, rock and roll Feron. thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just take Tom yeah. Petty's whole
0: band. You know, um, I love that guy. I, I think his name is Mike... Mike Matt Mattinson or something, the guy who sings with um, Tedesky trucks. He's got that yeah. super kind of raspy voice. Yeah. I feel like he would be cool to hear his sort of timbre over the Robert John the Rex sound. Um, and then we've been talking I about. I just like, back not like a,
2: these people are available, but like a Whitney Houston or a, you know, like a, <laughs> just like some uh, soul singer, like a female soul singer. Or Aretha Franklin or
0: something like that. Yeah. How how about Tower of Power horn section? That could be cool. Yeah. There's only like yeah. two famous horn sections. <laughs>
2: it's like them in Chicago. Yeah. And Earth, Wind, and Fire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the Hornheads with Corey Wong.
2: They're getting there. <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. That's a more recent thing.
2: Uh, Tiffany said Amy Winehouse. That'd be interesting too.
0: Yeah. I like that old school vibe.
2: No, I think that's cool. There's a lot of people you could sort of swap out. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of, like, musician nerd people, too, who, like, normal people wouldn't know, where I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to have Jeff Babco, but no one knows who that is as a keyboard player. (laughs) He just, like, uh, does a bunch of session stuff and then, like, subs every once in a while. And, like, uh... (laughs) there's an old joke where he's like, one-time Toto sub Jeff (laughs) Babco is the thing that, like... (laughs) People would know him for.
0: Hey, gotta get those credits any way you can. Oh, how about Aaron Sterling on drums? That'd be cool. Pretty much him on anything. Yeah, he's another like sounds really authentic in a lot of different situations. Um, or Gary Novak. I just watched a video of him. He's like another one of those like Jeff Babco sort of guys. I feel like he's just an LA legend, but not a lot of people, maybe outside of well. A lot of like our fans may not know that name, but um, I just saw some video of him playing at the uh, at the Big Potato the other night, and it's just so clean. I feel like you kind of just get to that level, though, of just like there's so many different players that you could bring up their names on any instrument. And it's just like the level of consistency and cleanness of playing and just like... I don't know. That's why it's fun to like play this game to be like, Oh my God, wouldn't it be cool to hear that guy play with that guy or maybe this guy play with that guy. And, and that's why it's fun to see us play these sorts of jam sets because there's a bunch of people that, you know, we don't normally get to play with and that makes everybody on the stage play differently. Um, And it sort of solidifies these bonds that uh, you have a long time from now. Like if we ever saw like Hannah Wicklund or, uh, Jared James Nichols, we could be like, remember that time on the cruise where we played that set and they just had buckets on stage in case you needed to puke because everything was going back and forth. It's like, oh yeah. That was like a relatively quick moment in time, but that was such a awesome thing to be like, oh, we were jamming on that stage in the atrium and I don't know. That was really fun.
2: Okay. And I have my last question here to wrap it up. So in this vein, because we're talking about people playing our songs, right? if you could see like any one of these musicians play sort of any one of your favorite songs. So if you're like, Oh, it'd be really cool to see Pino play, I don't know, like the Foo Fighters or something like that, or, you know, swap in someone in any band and go, let's see them play with this band of this song. Or like, let's see this guy cover this song. Uh, Who would it be? And then just a recent example of this is to see someone like Steve Ferrone play with John Mayer. I've been searching for videos of this online, like going, where's the first show? When's the first show? When's the first show? There's nothing out there yet. The first time he did like a, an appearance with one of his new songs, it was Aaron Sterling on drums. So this is the first time Aaron hasn't played in the band in, like I don't know, several years. So it'll be really interesting to see... Just because Steve Rome comes from such a different world, how he handles something like that and how that, he makes that band sound different. And uh, there's a an, uh, John Mayer's band is just a good example. And I'm a drum nerd. So another guy that, like, he's constantly swapping his drum chair out. So uh, uh, Keith Carlock played in John Mayer's band, who uh, was Toto's drummer in the last era before Steve's era, before Sput joined the band. And uh, he also plays for Steely Dan. So it's just like amazing, versatile guy playing drums in a band. John Mayer's band is uh, notoriously simple. So in Steely Dan, Keith Carlock's playing his ass off. And in John Mayer, Keith Carlock is doing less. So it's just really interesting to see these people in all these different situations. Uh, Do you guys have one?
0: I'm trying to think. I mean, it kind of like there's part of me that kind of goes back to the old conversation. I would love to see somebody like Pino play any of our songs to just go, "Oh, that's how you're supposed to do it." <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of two people that I would love to see like play together, like a band featuring somebody.
2: I got, um, I got one. I did go it, for just because we're talking about, I'd love to see Mike Campbell play in like the Rolling Stones i think that would would just be a fun uh, this probably happened before to be honest if we search that in google i could probably find that right now but i think he's such like a like a powerhouse presence but he's still really simple and that like no one in the Stones is really taking any solos or anything just so to see him like you know crush a solo in that band uh, would be awesome
1: it'd go back to like the mick taylor years which is sort of my favorite era of the stones like 69 to 74 they put out that whole stretch of all those great albums that had all these you know really awesome lead parts that mick taylor was providing um i think yeah i think that'd be super cool to see something like that
2: yeah all right i got one more in drummer world i just think in drummer so it would be interesting to see someone like simon phillips play with jimi hendrix (laughs) <laughs> i feel like simon phillips is a dude who plays a ton of yeah. notes and is uh able to do that sort of thing and he's like stiffer than a mitch mitchell but he can execute a bunch of nuts kind of stuff so it'd be really interesting and if anyone doesn't know simon phillips paid played in toto after jeff picaro died for probably over 10 years maybe closer to 20 and uh Before that, he's just like a child prodigy playing in everything, and is just one of the best drummers, you know, in the world, hands down. So, to see him do any kind of weird double bass stuff, or any kind of crazy stuff, you know, to see that kind of power trio vibe happen in that situation, when he has so much facility, and he's really clean to, you know, versus Mitch is notoriously a little bit dirty in that era. Not in a bad way, but uh, in a uh young way it'd be really interesting to see someone like
1: that play with a jimmy hendrix
0: yeah i agree okay. trying to think of a good one
1: yeah uh, i'm gonna think of a million when this is over but I'm putting me on the <laughs> spot killing so. me. as soon as I, yeah i'm not good at this i'm not good at these at all if, especially when we're rec- like we're recording like there's you know whatever like you're fever. asking me right now like <laughs> I can't do it like I just can't i need I need these questions in advance, that's the problem. I can't do it like on the spot. It's just my brain just shuts off. nope, no ideas. <laughs> you wouldn't be good on a game show no, you? I'd be terrible. <laughs> I don't do these things
0: um, I can think of i mean, I don't want this to sound like a slight at the Grateful Dead, but um the new the dead that is touring right now, I would love to hear somebody like uh i know joe russo does his dead cover thing i'd love to hear him actually play with the dead i love bill and mickey hart but um they're just so so slow so so Is slow they gonna piss a lot of people off uh well there's only, like, the pie? I, yeah <laughs> there's only a handful of people in here so hopefully i know most of them but um No, I love, uh, I love the dad. And again, this has been discussed on podcasts that are way more famous than ours. Oh yeah. This definitely been brought up before, but like you have somebody like, again, we've talked about John Mayer and we've talked about O'Teal already as far as musicians, it would be cool to hear them have somebody back there on the drums who can kind of go for the things that they're capable of doing. Um, Again, no shot at Billy or Mickey because they're legends, but um, just some things have gotten so slow. So it'd be nice to hear somebody back there like really pushing things and getting, you know, playing like a, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Joe Rousseau, but he uh, is a really good, I think he's based out of Colorado. He's played with Uh, Phil Lesh and friends and he's got his own Joe Russo's almost dead project, but he sounds like two drummers on one kit. He's like an octopus and he's playing toms and stuff and he's got really good time. He's got all the sorts of things that we were talking about. So I feel like that would be cool and that's needed for that sort of thing. But I don't know. That is a good one. I've never really thought about that before.
2: I think there's enough grateful dead cover bands out there that, you know, just having the grateful dead be a grateful dead cover band, I don't think it'd be that different, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, what every like other, format. you know, band from the 70s and the 60s is now, right?
1: You know what I think would be cool? Um I think like uh like Cory Henry playing like I'm sure he's done this before but playing like with like Stevie Wonder uh, or oh, something to that cool. effect or like or like one of those oh, That'd be old- crazy like jazz fusion bands, like return to forever or weather report or something like that. Like that'd be pretty insane. Like hearing someone yeah. from kind of the new, you know, jazz fusion world kind of go back and like, um, play some stuff from that era or in a, you know, in a group that covers that kind of material. Like that'd be pretty, pretty rad to see something like that. Yeah. Look yeah. up
2: Corey Henry. If you don't know who it is, I think he's like, is he the one who played, uh, the, solo on the snarky puppy song lingus on this like really famous live video on youtube yeah yeah uh, yeah that's like the thing not that he was not good before that obviously but i think after people saw that it blew their mind out of their ass he also has a ton of like um like gospel like traditional gospel sort of stuff that's amazing yeah he's just all around
1: great keyboard player yeah amazing it's just like a force of nature like so
0: good and before we ended one, one more good example of this that actually happened in real life. I feel like is Josh freeze playing with a uh, sting to see somebody like mm. Josh freeze sitting with sting to go, Oh, okay. Like you have all those sorts of chops, but you're a punk rock guy. And it's like, maybe not, it doesn't seem like it would be a, the first call, but then you see him play and you're like, no, no, that is the best first call you could have ever done to fill that chair. Right. Um,
1: uh, another good example, I think, too, um, is is uh, when Derek Trucks started playing with the Allman Brothers band. That's like a mm-hmm. like that's like just some absurd stuff. Um, oh, stuff I had my thing. example
2: with Derek Trucks. I don't think this person would ever let this happen, but uh, if to see Derek Trucks play on John Mayer's stuff would be amazing. Oh,
1: that'd be cool. Uh, John yeah. Mayer is such a
2: great songwriter, and Derek Trucks is such a great like blues guitar player. I think John Mayer is incredibly intimidated by Derek (laughs) Trucks. There's this one famous video of him just like jamming at Nam. And you see, yeah, so it's BB King, right? Yeah. Uh, it's BB King and Derek Trucks and John it's, Mayer, and they're all. It's sitting the Hollywood on stage Bowl B. B. And,
1: and Susan Tedeschi. The Hollywood Bowl, yeah, it's a Hollywood Bowl yeah, yeah, show. You
2: see, you just see uh, uh like John, like literally, like eyes glued. To yeah, Derek's hands going like,
1: how does he do that? He just doesn't even know what to do. And then,
2: uh, yeah, there's this other situation where I think they're just like uh, jamming at something small, and he goes like, "Well, I don't know what to play after that." You know, that was the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> heard. So and that would be phenomenal I don't know that that would happen you, but I don't think he'd let that happen because you know Derek would like uh, Derek would just get to a deeper place if that makes sense John Mayer is an amazing guitar player and he gets deep but I think Derek Trucks is probably like one of the deepest guitar players we have on the planet at this point so
0: right yeah agreed still would be cool to see them go go back and forth nowadays. absolutely
2: yeah, and I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be cool to see. I think they're different enough, and with the slide and the other kind of stuff, and you know, John does have a lot of the things you need to be in that chair, like a blues chair. So,
0: all right, Would you, yeah.
2: Let us know what your guys' thoughts are. Who do you want to see with what band? And we'll put in all the phone calls to all the higher ups we know at the labels <laughs> and try to make that happen. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
2: that uh, is one know of the things I've to learned. One of the things I've learned is how many like sort of big name people we reached out to. And, uh, we just went for broke. Cause we're like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like what, they're going to say no. And I didn't think we, we would be able to get Todd or he might do it. And, uh, I was just like, you know, checking other people's tour schedules. We have some pretty big name people. And most of it wasn't that they wouldn't be willing to do it. Most of it was, they had something else booked already, but, uh, you know, there were some pretty high-level people on that call list that would have been able to do it. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, who's who's available? You know, so you might yeah. see some crazier people on Robert John gig. We're gonna get a Corey Henry. We're like two hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: just, just take all my solos.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Here, you Uh oh, stage left just got a lot more intimidating.
1: <laughs> nope. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, (laughs) anyway, we have a lot of stuff coming up as well. Like we said, we mentioned the blues cruise, which we're doing at the end of the month. We're playing three sets on that boat. Um, We're going to play some new songs. We have new songs recorded. So there's new music that um, can possibly be released soon. Um, We are going on a huge European 66 show tour um, from April to July And then when we come back, we're hitting the States. Um, We're going to be gone pretty much from the end of August until about the beginning of November in the United States. We haven't announced anything yet, but we have some very exciting gigs that we are going to announce. So everybody who thinks we only favor the UK and Europe – We are coming for the States. Um, We're going to do a lot of work this year and into next year. So if you guys want to see us live, please uh, interact with us online. Go to our website, www.robertjohnandtherec.com for more ticket info, merchandise, all that sort of stuff. Um, And we have a lot of cool shit coming on. So just stay engaged, stay connected, and we will see you guys soon. And Take it easy and rock on. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>